just get a real just a real understanding of what that means Lord that we've got you right there beside us so why should we fear why should we fret why should we get all stirred up Lord you're just right there with us the God of angel armies by our side a friend one that cares about us more than we care so Lord just help us help us to put our trust in you and let the blood of Jesus speak for us. Lord, let the blood of Jesus speak for us. What you have done, let what you have done speak for us. Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to walk victorious. Help us to lift our heads up. Lord, help us to look to you, to know that we're your child and that you're right beside us. Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, I, I want to uh, think about what's the Bible to you? I think this is a real, real critical question because it determines how you're going to live. It determines what you're going to do in life. Do you see the Bible as well as some interesting stories? You know, you say, well, you know, there's some interesting stories in there. You can learn from them. It's a book that helps us to live right. You know, it, you know, it's a book to help us live right. It's got good advice. You know, people ought to read it, study it. But what you think about the Bible will determine how you live. If you just think it's stories or it's good advice, then you'll live according to that. You'll, you'll maybe read it once in a while and say, oh, that's a good thing. Well, that's good. And, and here's what you'll do, I think, is you'll pick and choose. A lot of times we pick and choose and then we pick the things we already do and say, well, yeah, that's what everybody should do and I do that. But, you know, we, we can kind of pick and choose through the Bible. But if the Bible is the Word of God, and I believe it is, if it is the Word of God and I accept that, that it's the Word of God, then it will change our lives. It'll, now, it's, now it's different than a story. It's different than good advice. Now it's a living Word of God. You know, the Bible says it's living. It's sharper than a sword, two-edged sword. Divides the soul and the spirit. It gets down inside you and divides how you want to do things and how God wants to do things. It starts to change things in your life. It's living. It's powerful. It'll start making a difference in your life, or it's just an interesting story. And you will compromise things as you go through life because if it's just an interesting story... Maybe it's true and maybe it's not true. And you will, if you compromise, it's a path, it's a slippery slope, and you will now say, well, always have an out. Well, maybe it's true, maybe it's not true. If the Word of God is true, if it is God's Word to us, inspired by Him, then that will make a difference. It's powerful. It's active. It will speak to us. It will speak to us. It will change our lives and not just allow us to, to be conformed to the world. One of the things, you know, next week we're going to share with our graduates. And every time a year when I get to that point, I realize, oh, what can we say to graduates? Because, you know, not that, well, this, you know, the day of graduation, you're going to step out into another world. But it's the process of now stepping out into world and deciding what you really believe. 
And I think the crux of that is, do you really believe the word of God is true? Because when young people graduate, and if they go to college especially, especially they're going to be bombarded with everything but the word of God. They're going to be bombarded with opinions and philosophies and all kinds of things that are going to come against the word of God. And if you don't believe the word of God is true, and it is what it says it says, you're going to have a problem. You're probably going to struggle. And I say struggle, meaning you're probably going to fall away from it. Now, if you don't go to college, you know, you go out into the world more. And you're around more people, you're going to get all kinds of influences. Everybody's got an opinion. Oh, my goodness, you know. And people more and more have opinions. Everybody knows who God is and what he's all about. But nobody reads his word. They just have a lot of opinions. You know, he created us in his image, not us to make him in our image. And that's what a lot of people do. They make God in our, I, this is who I think God is. It doesn't, I don't care who you think God is. You know, I have some family members that, you know, have this big discussion about who God is. I don't even want to get involved with it. I, I just refuse. Number one, I think the word of God is true. They don't. That's the end of the discussion. There's nowhere to go past that. It's not a debate. I'm not debating with somebody. I'm not going to go, well, I think, I don't, I don't care. I'm not going there. I can't. And I get, so I don't even read their stuff on email, uh, you know, on, uh, yeah, emails back and forth. I just, like, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't care. If you want to talk about what the Word of God says, I'll sit down and talk. If we're going to talk about your opinion, my opinion, you know, why would I base my life on what a family member's opinion was of life? I don't know. That didn't even make sense to me. They shouldn't have based it on my opinion either, by the way. There's, there's no better than their opinion. It's what does the Word of God say? So I just want to think about that and share a little bit about that today in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, starting at the 16th verse. It says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture. Okay, if all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, then you can't pick and choose. Well, you can, but you shouldn't pick and choose. Okay? Because it's all given by inspiration. It's all given by inspiration from God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. First and foremost, it's inspired by God. How else could you get, I don't know how many people write in the Bible, you know, I don't know, hundreds of people wrote down all these things in the Bible and they all come together. I can't, you can't get 100 people to do that. You couldn't do that if you tried. You couldn't, you couldn't sit down and say, oh, you know, over the next 2,000 years, I think I'll have all these people write this stuff and it'll all, it'll all come together and make sense and connect and it'll all be true. Can't happen. Can't happen. People aren't like that. But it's, it's inspired by God. If God speaks and they write, it's inspired by him, then it's true. And that's the first and foremost. You've got to decide if it's true. And you've got to decide that it's all inspired by him, not the parts you like. You can't just say, well, I like this. That must be true. Well, that's kind of hard. I don't know if I like that or not. Or, wow, that was, that's a good thing, but that's back, in the old, that's back in old times. That's back in the old times. You know, people 
some of the things in the Bible that they, you know, one of them is demons. You know, the Bible talks, Jesus talked a lot about demons. He said, you know, he came. He was in a fight, not physical. He's in a war, but not with this world. There's a, there's a f- world out there that's evil. And this w- world that's evil, if you think that's not real, then you're saying that the Bible's not true. And people say, oh, demons were back in the old times when people kind of thought that stuff was real. And there's people who believe that. By the same token, I think there's people, and I'm going to preach on it in a couple weeks, but there's people that think, well, the Holy Spirit's about the same way. That the Holy Spirit was good for those people back then because they needed it. That nowadays, we're pretty smart, and we're pretty educated, and we're pretty good at doing life, so we really don't need the Holy Spirit. You know, that was for back then. That's not for now. If you believe that, then you're going to talk yourself out of everything the Holy Spirit would want to do for you. And if you believe that demons aren't real, then you're going to probably go through life dealing with stuff in your own strength, trying to figure out why is all this stuff happening around us. And I want to tell you something. Satan is alive and well in our world today. He is very active. We're in a fight, not physical. We're in a war, but not with this world. Satan is at work. And if you think Satan isn't real, then you've about given into it. And so you'll try to figure it all out on your own. And that's what we have today. We're trying to figure out how to fight a spiritual battle on our own. And we can't figure it out. And spending more money isn't going to fix it. And neither is more medicine and drugs going to fix it. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. But that's the things you got to use if you don't think it's spiritual. you got to figure out something to use to fight this battle that we're in. So all Scripture is inspired by God. And it's true. It says then it's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable to establish doctrine, what we believe. What we believe is dependent upon what the Word of God says. That establishes what we believe or doctrine. It's not opinions, but it's the Word of God. Over the years, in my lifetime, I have seen churches take stands that the Word of God is no longer infallible or true. It's good advice. I chose at times to leave those situations because I believe the Word of God is true. I, it'd be hard to stay in a situation where if the church didn't believe the Word of God was true, and I did... There would be a real conflict, tremendous conflict, because where do you go after that if it's infallible? Well, then you start making decisions based upon public opinion, not what the Word of God says. It becomes public opinion, and the church will start to go down paths that aren't scriptural. They'll go down paths. They'll start to pass laws, and they'll say, well, this is okay. Marriage is no longer a man and a woman. Because, you know, in life today, you, you know, hey, you got to kind of go with the flow. You don't want to, you don't want, you want to, you want to be accepting. Now, should the church be accepting? Yes. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, but we still preach the truth. Accepting doesn't mean I accept what other people believe so that they feel welcome. It means I share the truth and I accept them. I accept them. I love them. You know, they're, they're welcome. 
But I'm still, this is the truth. Do you know, I, and I'm not real clear on this, but I've heard recently there's a law trying to be passed that, you know, I could probably get in trouble for a hate speech right there. That, that's, that they're trying to do that. And churches will be a target. Churches will be a target. We're in a fight, not physical. We're in a war, but not with this world. You know, it's a spiritual battle. So, you know, these things are out there. So doctrine, it's, it's the word of God is what determines doctrine, what we believe, not my ideas and not current thinking. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Doesn't change. Do we change? Absolutely. But he doesn't change. He doesn't change. So we have to come back to him. And his word is true. And so we have to establish it. If that's not established in your life that the word of God is true, you will be like a wind that blows you this way and that way. You will have no stability in your life as far as what you believe. So you have to, that's a first and foremost decision. Is God's word true? Does it establish what I believe? In Romans, Romans 3, 4. <clears throat> Romans 3, 4 says, Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true and every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. Let God be true and every man a liar. You know, that's us. You can say, well, yeah. No, that's every man. Why is that? Because God is always true. You know, I'm true, hopefully, quite a bit of the time, you know. But we're not 100% true. I don't care who we are. We're not perfect. But God is true. So my focus is always on him and what he says, not what I think. Or not what my circumstances are. You know, for some of us, it's just circumstances. You know, you got to get to a point sometimes you realize your circumstances are real, but they're not true. They're real. I'm not saying, you know, you, you don't go through stuff in life, but it's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily God's word. It's not what God wants. You know, sometimes we let our circumstances become truth. And if you do that, you're going to be, oh, poor me. Oh, life is so hard. Oh, I got to deal with this. And do you have to deal with stuff? Absolutely. But in the midst of that, we got to look to God's word because it's true. It's true. It's true. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth. Let God be true. Jesus said, I'm the truth. He said, I and the Father are one. So he, that's what Jesus was saying. He said, I'm the truth. You know, um, I always, I always try to tell my, well, now I tell my grandchildren, um, mostly Aaron, right, Aaron? I mostly tell Aaron. You know, Aaron, I'll always tell you the truth. And pretty much I try to do that. You know, if I say something to Aaron, I'm going to tell him the truth. Whatever that is, I'm going to tell him the truth. Why? So he can trust me. So he knows that if I speak, it's going to be the truth. If I can't tell him the truth, it's better not to tell him anything at all. But when I do speak, to the best of my ability, I'm going to tell him the truth. You know? And hopefully that's the way we see God, that when God speaks, he tells us the truth. You know, he tells us the truth. Because he is the truth. He will tell us the truth, see? He is the truth. Number two, it's good for reproof. 
Reproof means it's a, it's a reprimand. Um, you better stop doing that. You know, it's a reprimand. You better stop that. That's not good for you. It, it, it'll tell us, you know. We'll, we'll read the Word of God and it'll say, you know, you better stop doing that. It'll change sometimes the way you think, the way you talk, the way you live. If you allow it to speak to you. It'll give you reproof. It'll give you correction. Um, correction, you know, correction is, if you, you know, if you're writing on a piece of paper and you make a mistake, you can correct it. You can erase it and correct it. The same way in our lives, it brings correction to our life. We can be doing things and we can change. We can change. We can repent. The Bible says change, turn around, repent, go a different direction. Okay, so we can be corrected. The Bible wants to correct us. You know, we don't have it all together. We aren't doing everything right. And so it speaks to us. And it tells us, don't do that, and you can correct that. You can correct it. You can change. The Bible says we're changed from glory to glory. We're changed from better to better. That's God's direction for us. That's what he wants for us. He doesn't want us stuck, and he doesn't want us in the condition that we started. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We've all sinned and come short. You know, we're not in a good condition starting out. And God wants to change that with his word, with his word. But he can only do that if I believe it's true. If I believe it's true. You know, the Bible, it shows us about our sins. It tells us repent, change. Um, The scripture I quote a little bit before in Hebrews um, we'll take a look at it just so you can see it. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living. It's alive. It speaks to us. It's not just a book. You know, it is a book, but it's alive. When that book becomes alive when we read it and the Holy Spirit puts life to that. It's alive. It's, it's um, yeah, 12. It's living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit. It's like I said, it divides our, what I want to do from what God wants to do. My opinion from his, my feelings from his feelings, my thoughts from his thoughts. It divides that. It comes, in there, comes right in there and starts to cut between the two. Now, does that feel good? Not always. Sometimes, sometimes it's Okay. Sometimes you maybe wish for a little anesthetic or something. You know, it doesn't always feel real good. But it's good for us. It's good for us. It comes and it separates those things. And it, and it separates like the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. You know, it's living. It, it knows, God knows how you think. You know, you can put on a front to people, but God knows what you're thinking. He knows. He knows your heart. He knows your heart. We're supposed to know each other after our hearts, but God knows us completely after our heart. He knows us completely. We're not, you can't fool him. You know, we can maybe try to fool, you can't fool God. He knows. He knows. God's word makes us complete and equipped to do every good work. Every good work. If we start to read God's word and apply it to our lives, I believe God has a plan and a purpose for every one of us. Every good work. He has a plan for each and every one of us for every good work. You know, 
I'm excited about things people I hear about people doing outside of the church. Sometimes, you know, somebody this morning told me about things they make and hand out to people. And somebody came to their house with a need and they gave them one and said, can I pray for you? And they said, yes. You know, it's a good work. God equips us for every good work. Somebody's involved in a children's program in North Baltimore, helping children, you know, in the school with a Christian program. Equipping us for every good work. Wherever we are, going to the sharing kitchen, sharing food, greeting people, sharing with people, every good work. The Bible is meant to equip us for that. Equip us. So that we're ready to do what God's called us to do. He doesn't leave us out there trying to figure it out. Trying to figure out, oh, what, what should I do? The Bible, it equips us to do that. And one of the things it does to equip us is God gives us his spirit. Again, I'm going to talk about that in the future, but God gives us, his, gives us his spirit to equip us to do the work. To do the work. Sometimes the church has failed because we think the Holy Spirit is an entertainment factor for the church. And we've turned it into that sometimes. It's not an entertainment tool. It is meant to equip us to do his work, to do his work, what he's called us to do. In uh, Colossians, Colossians 2, 9 and 10. Colossians 2, 9 and 10 says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, meaning Jesus, who is the head of all principality and power. We are complete in him. We are equipped in him. We're ready in him. He makes us ready. The word of God makes us ready. We read the word and it tells us what we need to do. It shows us, it guides us through life. It equips us to do his will. In 1 Corinthians 9, 1 Corinthians 9th chapter, the 8th verse. Do I say these things as a mere man or does... Oops, maybe it's 2 Corinthians. Huh? I know. I, hold on a minute. I may have wrote down first when I meant second. That's my only other option. And that, yeah, that isn't it either. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. But anyway, um, but it equips us. It equips us. You know, how can you look over those verses and think you got them all right? I don't know. I, I can do it, though. But, uh, but no, the Word of God, it equips us to do God's work, to do God's work. So as I go through life, as I think about life, what I have to face, what I'm going to face, what I face, what the Bible is to you will determine how you live your life. What the Bible is to you determines what, how you're going to live your life. If the Bible is true, if it's what you believe, then you're going to believe that God's word is true and I'm going to live by it. That Jesus is the only way. He's the truth and the life. I'm willing to let it correct me. And when I, when I read it and I see things that need to change in my life, I realize that, you know, I need to change. I need to do what God says. I need to do his will. I need to allow it to guide me through life. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word will guide us through life. Guide us through life. 
And it's either true or you're going to compromise it. It's either true or you're going to compromise it. It's either true or you're not going to live up to all that God has for you. I think the danger is if it's not true to you, then I think you're going to be open to accept all kinds of things. You're going to listen to people at work. You're going to, you're going to listen to people say, oh, don't do You know, people will try to talk you out of all kinds of stuff that's right so that you live like they do. Because, you know, they always say misery loves company. Well, so does sin. It's always interesting to me that, you know, there's some, there's some probably not scriptural thing, but, you know, one rotten apple spoils the barrel. That really bothers me. That bothers me that one rotten apple spoils the barrel. What have I learned over life? I've learned it. Sad to say, it's kind of true. Kind of true. Here's my dismay. Why aren't we as Christians enough salt of the earth that one good apple makes the whole barrel better? Why aren't we as one able to make the people around us better. And I think we are. Now, I think it's also very dangerous that when you're in situations, especially young people, that if you're in situations, you know, if I put five kids together and they're all, well, let's say Christians, and I throw one bad one in there, if for whatever reason, a lot of times that bad one seems to have an awful lot of influence. I don't think it should be that way. I think as Christians, I think our young people, as they go out into the world, they need to be the salt of the earth. They need to be the good apple that changes the barrel. And I believe that's really God's plan. The only hope for our nation is we start sending out godly children into the world that begin to change the world around us. That's our only hope. Right now, the world is sending a ton of people out there and they're having a big influence. But God is greater. God is greater. He never needed a majority. I'm not sure he ever had a majority, to be honest with you. To be honest with you. To be honest with you, when we thought we were a Christian nation, I'm not even sure we had a majority of Christians at that point in time. I think we had influence. Godly influence. And I think that seems like a majority. So it doesn't take just only a few people Willing to be equipped by God and do what they're supposed to do. Carry his truth wherever they grow, go. Whether it's work, wherever you're at. Carry the truth with you. Share the truth. Speak the truth. Don't let the world scare you or make you compromise. You know, God is greater. And his word is true. His word is true. His word is true. And as Christians, we need to make that decision. Am I going to live my life like God's word is true to me? Now, don't apply it to everybody else. You know, sometimes we want to do that. You know, well, I think it's true. And I think, well, look at them. They ought to do this. And, you know, we start applying it to everybody else. We need to apply it to ourselves and then share the truth, not condemn everybody. You know, the word of God will correct. The word of God will correct. Sometimes we want to condemn and correct everybody the word of god will it'll speak because it's living and powerful we need to believe that we need to believe that we need to walk it 
needs to be a part of us, a part of what we believe and who we are. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just uh, come to you, Lord, and Lord, we just uh, confess that your word is true. And Lord, for those here that maybe don't know for sure if it's true, Lord, speak to their hearts. Lord, let your Holy Spirit convict them. Lord, help us all to see that we need to live according to your word. Live because your word is true. Lord, help us to be faithful to you. Faithful to you. Faithful to your word and what you say. Lord, help us to trust you and not to be afraid. Lord, give us faith. Lord, we just thank you for that. Lord, thank you for just being with us. Thank you, Lord, that we can, we can take your word with us. Your living word to us. We can take it with us. And we can apply it to our lives. We can read it. We can share it. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here this morning that would like prayer. Lord, um, whatever the, if there's mountains in their lives, whatever it might be, Lord, you'd encourage them to come up and let the prayer team pray for them. Lord, that we could receive all that you have for us. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for being with us. Just dismiss us now with your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen.